Till we're all growing a beard A man's face should never be bare We just want some facial hair We're anticipating Yeah, everyone's waiting for me right uh it's going it's going good you know i went to bed last night um and it was like 98 degrees right sweating um, supposed to be this like crazy cold front that comes in. I looked Lauren in the eyes. I said, it is not going to be like 50 degrees. I constantly forget that I live in Kansas and that overnight it can snow the next morning after it being 98 degrees. I do not understand this state. I don't understand this weather. I would hate to be a weatherman uh, in this state. It is crazy, but it is like 50 degrees. Um but I am I'm super excited about a package that's coming tomorrow. A package. Uh, um, it is. I, I was really expecting you to be like, "Oh, what's that?" But no, no, sorry. I just I just got a text message. Someone just re, just let me know that when I uh, clicked on my audio, I unmuted your audio, but not mine. So um, everyone saw my mouth moving, but no words. But that's okay because I say pretty much the same thing. Everything. Hey, Aaron. A package. What kind of package did you receive? Thank you. Please read the script. <laughs> well, you see, I'm just kidding. If you guys think we script this, we're not that funny. Um, and, <laughs> anyway, so uh, Sam's birthday is next month, and I maybe got a little zealous. Lauren was like, hey, you know it would be really cool if we got him one of those big wheels? Um, he really has, like, a big fascination with big trucks and likes big trucks and everything like that. So I started doing some Googling and some research. We went and looked at some at Academy and things like that. And I was like, oh, yeah, those are cool. Those are cool. And I was like, boom, we're buying them this one. It is way too expensive. I <laughs> should not have bought it. Had to convince the grandparents to go in on the deal, too. Um, luckily, um, uh, I sold them both on it. It is this super cool two-seat Jeep. And oh, it's got yes. bucket seats, and it has Bluetooth, and it has real lights. It has real rubber wheels. It has three different speeds. It holds up to 200 pounds. So if I keep losing weight, <laughs> I could probably ride in it one day. Uh, um, and so that's pretty cool. It is this awesome Jeep that's coming. It should come tomorrow. But the best part about it is it has this uh, – and we're not sponsored by them, so I won't say their name. But um, it has this device in it <clears throat> that was on Shark Tank, and so you know it's reliable. But it it ha it comes with a remote control uh, for the parents. Oh, fantastic. so even though Sam's not even two years old yet, so he really he might be able to drive it like when I take him to an open field. But if we're going on a walk and he wants to ride in that instead of pushing that little plastic thing, yeah, baby. I'm going to be driving them around in this remote control car. Um, I'm so excited. It comes tomorrow. Lauren is like, now are you going to wait and let him see it in October for his birthday? And I'm like, no, nah, probably not. <laughs> yeah, He'll probably be running it tomorrow. Um, yeah. So w we'll see. We'll see. I really want to put it together and see if it'll fit in the back of my car um, so that we're going to go to the Ozarks in uh, October for his birthday, stay in a cabin for a week. Um, uh, and so we, I hope, I hope it can fit in my edge so I can pack around it and bring it. Oh yeah. It'll fit in the back of your edge. Be a, you'd you, be surprised at what I can fit in the back of that edge. You know, I know. It's pretty man. big. There's a, Hey, this, this, uh, this podcast brought to you by Ford. That's uh, right. Also we, not sponsored. Also not sponsored. We, uh, we have a Ford flex. 
And when we looked at it, you know, we're rolling around and we were trying to decide between like an expedition because we needed the, we needed the room, you know, three big kids and always having, you know, space and usually an extra kid or two along with us wherever we go. And uh, the flex was so small. I was like, there is no way in the world that has more space in it than that expedition. Um, And I sat in it and I was like, man. Where does this space come from? You know, but it's a, right? it's a, it's a box, you know, so it's square and it kind of sits low. There's so much headspace and and you can fit so much stuff in the back of the in the back of that, especially with the back seats folded down. So we we've learned. Yeah. My kids say, uh, you know, when it comes to like packing for Christmas or long trips, uh, they love watching me pack. Cause it's like a odd game of Tetris, trying to figure out how everything can go in to fit just perfectly. So. It's a weird flex, but that's cool. It is a, yeah. <laughs> a weird flex about my flex. I like it. That's right. We um, actually looked for a Ford Flex. That was one of the cars I wanted to, when we were looking to buy, um, I was actually looking for a Ford Flex. I was also looking for a Honda Element. Uh, I thought Honda Elements just looked really cool. So, And that's what I base all of my car purchases off of. Is does it look cool? That's right. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I was always of the ilk that said, I will never be a minivan guy. I'll never drive a minivan. Mm-hmm. Um, Preach it. And, you know, Heather was watching kids from the house. So she was, you know, had her little in-home daycare. Dustin was, I think Dustin was older. Um, and I think we had had Jody. So Jody was a baby, you know, and she's loading, um, you know, car seats in and out of everything and right uh, she dropped off our uh, saturn at the dealership that i worked at and the salesman gave her a minivan to drive and so she went to the zoo in this minivan and she left the oh, zoo man. and she came to my service drive and parked it on the drive and she said what time do you get off and i said six and she said okay well when you get off we're going over here to the south store and i'm buying this minivan I'm like <laughs> oh, Buy a minivan. No. i swore i would never be that guy but she loved uh she loved her vans uh, the sliding doors was just it for her, being able to put car seats in and out of a sliding door. Um, oh, I bet. That would be so nice. Even she, in the edge, it's a little bit cr- – it's amazing how your convictions can change so easily. <laughs> I mean, that could be a show right there, right? Yeah. Like how fast your convictions change when you're put in the environment. That's right. Um, that you're talking about. Test it out. Let's try to fix yeah. this camera. So. You know, last week we are talking about, you know – uh, who needs sleep, right? This is one of those yeah. things that can change. You know, at one point in your life, you're like, ah, I could stay up all night. At some point, oh, yeah. that lack of sleep begins to catch up with you. Um, you know, we talk- That's such a true statement. Like, um, <laughs> you know, like some people, if we have a younger audience on here, which I'm sure we do, like I'm sure there's really young people watching this, but um, uh, there's like that, uh, you know, used to get up for early bird classes for high school, you know, so you're there at school by seven and you go to college and you sign up for an 8 a.m. class and there is like, I don't know what it is, but there is no way that you're making it to that 8 a.m. on time, you know, Uh, but you can stay up all night. You stay up all night at college and you're good and you're happy and you're fine. And then like you become an adult and like young youth minister, like you're like, oh yeah, I can do this. Stay up all night, hang out with the boys, do all this kind of stuff. uh, And then like somewhere along the lines, you're just like, whew, it's like nine o'clock. I should probably go to bed. <laughs> we're sitting, right? we're sitting in the living room last night. And, uh, you know, so because of our kids school, they don't have school today. They're on virtual school. So they just have to have all their work turned in by midnight tonight. So normally we're, we're up at like five thirty in the morning. Um, you know, getting ready for school. They leave the house about six thirty. Um, so it's normally those mornings are really early, but you know, Heather didn't have school today. Um, the kids didn't have school today. And, you know, so last night they're like, Hey, we're going to watch a movie. We're staying up. Dylan's playing probably D and D or something with his buddies. And I'm sitting on the couch and I'm like, it's only nine 30 and I am so tired. <laughs> like, you know, 10 30 is usually the moment where all the phones get put away. Everything gets plugged in and, you know, the lights in the house are out. The kids are still doing mm-hmm. their their stuff. But uh, everything is, is shut down. You know, by that point, it's like, we still have an hour to go. 
It's like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I'm going to fall asleep right here in my chair. Um, but those that, like, I can pull an all-nighter right now. Um, but if I pull an all-nighter right now, I'm paying for it for two or three days. Like, right, yeah. <laughs> that clock is harder to reset the older I get. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, I had a buddy in Washington, Dennis, uh, Dennis Baker, a wonderful youth minister. I used to call him the white ape. Um, I don't think he enjoyed that. But um, uh, – <laughs> But he he'd done the youth ministry just for so long in in Washington at the same church, Lakeview Church of Christ, and uh, but anyway, he he told me I love Taco Bell. Uh, it's always been my Achilles heel. Fourth meal, maybe. Like, he'd be like, Aaron, uh, you won't love Taco Bell after thirty. Once you hit thirty, uh, Taco <laughs> Bell's a little bit more of a conscious decision. Uh, you got to know where you're going to be afterwards. And I was like, I don't understand that. That didn't make sense to me. And that's like the truth. Like as soon as I turned 30, like Taco Bell got a little bit rough, uh, staying up like super late and then getting up super early. You know, I was like, Hmm, why do I feel this way? This is not optimal. Um, and now I'm in this weird thing where I'm going to bed at like nine, nine thirty, and I'm getting up at seven and I hate the mornings, but I'm like, wake up at seven and I'm like, uh, what's up world. Oh, nothing. Nothing is up. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, and they're up. You just have to find a different sphere to interact with in order to uh, find those mm -hmm. folks that are up early. Mm -hmm. I, I'm waiting for the day. You know, I, I've seen it with all of the that older generation where they're like, oh, "I woke up at four thirty today, so I just read the newspaper and started the coffee and just started the day." It's like at four thirty. I'm waiting for that's that day sleep. to hit me. That's right. That's that's just when I'm getting rolling, man. I have my best dreams at four thirty in the morning. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, that's that's when they start revelations. to happen. Um, Heather, I love my minivan. Come on, man. I just saw that. Yeah, that's funny. Um, so let's think about, uh, you know, as we're talking about nighttime activities and crazy sleep, we talked a little bit last week about, you know, so many of the things that, that carry us in tonight. And a couple of weeks ago, we talked about, you know, lock-ins. Yeah. Um, one of the, uh, you know, the great challenges of particularly summer youth ministry um, and then and then weekend kinds of things is creating and finding activities for kids mm -hmm. who are in a time and space where very little positive happens. Right. I mean, my dad mm -hmm. used to say nothing good happens after midnight. Um, mm -hmm. It's not that I don't trust you. It's just that if you're out past midnight, nothing good can come of that. So um, if you're here and you're at an all-nighter or you have one of these overnight activities or camps that have late curfews, uh, if you aren't occupying their time, something <laughs> will be occupying their time, right? Yeah. You know, so what are some, uh, you know, we talked about maybe sharing some of our best uh, stories about overnight activities. Got anything that comes to your mind? Oh, do I have... <laughs> Do I have the best, like, not the best, but the best to me? Well, and I, and I want to talk about this, too. I love, so right before we jump into this, you talked about, like, um, you know, games and things. And I love I love Facebook. Uh, actually, I hate Facebook, but um, I, I enjoy Facebook sometimes. Uh, but I have this lady, Jane Phillips, and she sent me this um, video of, like, really cool games. Um, and they were all games to do with uh, ping pong balls. Like, it was this video, they had, like, 30 games. And it just made me think, like, because um, uh, I'd seen other youth ministers comment and use, and uh, because this podcast is not affiliated, I don't feel bad talking about this, but, like, at what point does a lock-in game come too close to, like, a drinking game, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, like, right. Like, they had these, like, really cool games where, like, you know, uh, or or uh, the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon is a great place to steal games from. Mm -hmm. But um, they they always do that one where like you're supposed to like flip the cup, you know, and get it to right. land upside down. That's a drinking game, right? Right. <laughs> like a lot of these are like just drinking games that people invented that now people are doing it without alcohol, which I think is great. But am I gonna get a call from that parent? Were you teaching my son how to like play a drinking game at a church a flip event? Cup. Yeah. yeah, you know, and all of these kind of things. So I'd always like, where do you draw the line? When is something too close related? So we played, 
I used some of them, but I didn't use all, all the ones that I was like obvious that were like, mm, that looks like a really fun game and I want to play that. But I don't want to prep kids for going to college and make bad decisions or like, oh, we play this at church. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, this is something is different here. That's right. No, yeah. That, that so, is that is a challenge is finding, you know, wholesome blurred lines, um, mm -hmm. you know, not the song, but uh, actually blurred lines, you know, really is a challenge because you don't. We don't even want to paint this image that you know of walking in in both worlds mm. is already a great enough challenge. Absolutely, um, and surely we are creative enough to to be able to borrow ideas from other other spaces, or you know, yeah. or create our own. Um, yeah, yeah. And Jonathan said, you know, I'm such a night owl. My wife has to be up at five. Uh, that balance is is hard. You know, when you have. You know, my job that takes me into some of these spaces and maybe my wife that does something different. Uh, mm -hmm. We're looking at a working on a podcast where it talks about kind of balancing, you know, family and family activities and identities and how that, that kind of works out. And it plays into that a lot. Uh, it's yeah, hard. I'm looking though. forward to I think that'll be one that we uh, might have our first guest uh, on. So yeah. that'll be that'll be exciting. Um, OK, so so really good story. This was this is. Oh, young, young Aaron. <laughs> like, if I could go back in time and tell Aaron what to expect in the future. Okay, so the scene is uh, not a lock-in, but a fall retreat. Uh, we do a fall retreat. Um, Josh, I think there's something wrong with your camera. Your shirt looks kind of purple. Oh, boy. Okay, I'm not going to look at comments. They're distracting. Um, so this is at a fall retreat. And if you're one of my teenagers... Um, I direct the junior high and the senior high camps at Tallgrass, and it's very different from when we do a fall retreat. And I try to make it very different, and I explicitly tell my teenagers to say, hey, fall retreat, we play night games, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Um, there's nothing more fun than playing a night game. Or at least I hype it up enough that they think it's really fun. Um, and so – here we are, we're playing this this night game and it's some version of tag that I've created, right? And a uh, sweet, sweet girl, uh, Micah Steele, um, really nice, um, would never complain about anything. I mean, you have to sleep on the floor. She's like, oh, this is a great experience, you know? Um, AC's out in summer, wow, we're really learning to be blessed about AC when we have it. I mean, just like super positive kiddo. Um, so we're playing some version of tag and she plays all night has a really great time i don't see her that night the next morning this is when the story gets interesting the next morning she comes with her tray of food and she sits down in front of me she has got this red line i mean just right across her neck like and not just like faint like marker like bright red and i'm going what what is this like what's going on apparently apparently we all know the phrase getting clotheslined apparently <laughs> we were playing the night game and she was running and they have these wire clotheslines hanging up between poles outside and she was running and just like just right on the throat goes and checks in with our nurse by the way I have an actual nurse who's there for that weekend she checks her out feels everything nothing's bruised nothing's broken does not tell me does not tell me and uh and comes and i see her the next morning and i'm like what, what are you why did you not tell me this by the way it's now sunday and i'm about to drive the kids back in to see their parents and her dad is like super ripped um i mean like doesn't like you couldn't tell on sunday morning but like he went to worlds of fun a roller coaster park with us and wore a tank top and i was like whoa like where'd you get those guns <laughs> like i works out like every day on ku's campus and i was like oh i cannot wait to tell you that your precious older daughter has this like look like somebody was trying to strangle her with a clothesline around her neck i mean just like just intense just crazy yeah so the last time we ever played gargoyles at one of our lock-ins <laughs> um for those of you who don't know gargoyles is uh, some bizarre 
kind of I don't even know how to how to what to compare it to. We would hide parts of a flashlight all over the building, turn all the lights off, and there are some people who are protectors and some people who are seekers. And the you know the gargoyles are trying to prevent people from finding the pieces of the flashlight. Um, well, Dylan um, was young, and you know you know how it goes with youth ministers with young kids. Um, mm-hmm. They're kind of just like they end up being the youth group mascot because they're there for everything. They're always around and, you know, finding ways for them to be um, entertained, especially at a lock-in. You know, they had to kind of participate. Well, there are two people running opposite directions down a hallway, and both of them meet the corner at the same time. And my young Dylan was one of them. And he ended oh, up no. he ended up with a knot on his forehead. Um, I mean... I was I, when when I heard it, I'm envisioning like teeth being scattered on the floor, broken noses. Yeah, it was just a big knot. But uh, he was uh, he was down for the count. He slept, wanted to sleep well. Of course, you know, with a with a head injury, he's like, hey, right. you can't go to sleep. Like I need that's to right. I need to monitor you for a little bit, you know. And so that was uh, that's when we kind of had to rethink. Right, this was really good in theory. But having 45 people running around a building in the pitch dark searching for something with the added adrenaline of some form of competition, uh, mm-hmm. probably uh, probably not a good mix. Um, dodgeball was the other one that we loved to play late at night. But the problem with dodgeball is dodgeball is great while dodgeball is going on. When you get done mm. playing dodgeball, you have a whole bunch of sweaty kids in a confined space. That, right. that does not make for a good recipe for the rest of the night. <laughs> you gotta have you gotta have some fans going. <laughs> That's right. What about uh, um? What about uh? And, and I'll preference this, and you can decide while you answer this one, um, because uh, you know, should we? Should I tell them about the experience of uh, telling the blood moon story? <laughs> I, you made me think of it because of your son Dylan, and he was there that night. I don't want to embarrass him. Oh, he's so you good think about it, but. <laughs> oh, he's good. Tell it. Tell it. Yeah. But, um, what he still about, talks like, about it. Really great ideas that just turned out to be really bad or vice versa. Like games that you thought that are like the dumbest games you could have ever played. But because it's 2 a.m. at a lock-in, it's the best game that's been ever played. Yeah. Or trying to Did duplicate that, trying to duplicate that 2 a.m. game at 2 in the afternoon. Yeah. This is stupid. You know, I... <laughs> Why did I think this was fun? Have you ever watched Monty Python and the Holy Grail in the middle of the day by yourself? Like, yeah. it, it's only funny when you're working on low sleep and all your friends are around to, to laugh at things with. And I'm, right. I'm trying to think, like, specifically. Um, I can't think of a specific one. I know they're there because at, at 2 a.m., you're kind of just like, okay, I've got to occupy these people with something. Right. And, um, you know, the the lack of sleep often puts you in this state of just... I don't care. We're just having fun. Mm-hmm. And when nobody really cares and we're and we're just kind of enjoying ourselves, you know, yeah. uh, the inhibitions kind of go away. I'm not trying to hold up my guard saying, oh, I'm too cool for this game. No, it's 2 in the morning and I'm tired. And I'm just trying to stay awake because I don't want to be the guy that falls asleep first. So, That's yeah, right. I'll, I'll try anything to stay awake. Yeah. Um, makes, right. makes, you guys are... makes a lot of bad ideas really good. So, For you guys who are watching, what we're talking about is um... – Josh and I had this really, really bad, good idea. Um, and it was back when, um, like, smartwatches had just started, like, coming out. And I had a smartwatch. And so I downloaded the whistle ringtone from Kill Bill. And um, and I was going to use my watch to set it off. But I was going to preference it because none of the kids at this junior high camp yeah knew or seen kill bill rightfully so they shouldn't watch it so we go to this outdoor cabin and i tell this ridiculous story and um if and um if you want to make a story scary like you got to add something that's kind of scary well first off for anybody wanting to tell a scary story how you tell a scary story is there always has to be um enough truth to it that you don't believe it um so when I told the story, I talked about 
Oklahoma Christian University and the land there. Why? Because all of those kids have been to Oklahoma Christian University. Two, uh, I referenced things that they would they would know enough about to not know anything about it, um, <laughs> right. if that makes sense. Like enough where you think you know what's going on. So I tell this story and I talk about a blood moon and all of this kind of stuff. And I talk about how like we accidentally summoned a demon and all this kind of stuff. It's, it's kind of intense. Um, and how it like haunted me and how I'd never seen my roommate again, by the way, I, I had mentioned my roommate by name and all this kind of stuff. Um, and it, and when the demon was coming, we always heard like this tune, Josh was just whistling it not too long ago. And so that was the major point was that the tune was heard in these kids head. And then uh, at the end of it, I, I, I tell him, Hey, I'll hey, go to bed. Um, you know, Aaron, was that, a, was that a true story? said you know i i don't know anymore um you know it's it's hard for me to know what what's real and what's not i just try to have to think about it and i and i appreciate you guys allowing me to share this with you well i leave um i leave and we wait like 45 minutes like we go and play and by the way i had stashed my phone in the rafters of their cabin <laughs> before they had even gone in there so that and so that they couldn't like hear it, hear it, but they could just kind of hear it. And so we leave, we go play ping pong. We play like three or four games. I won all of them. Um, uh, <laughs> Hogwash. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we go back out to this outdoor cabin. It's like pitch black. It's, it's now like really late, like 1, 2 a.m. Talk about a late night. And I get my phone, out, I get my watch out and my watch, I don't even have my watch on. Uh, I get my watch out and it connects to my phone and I hit the find me button, which plays my ringtone, which is that whistle that was in that story. And all of a sudden I hear one of the kids wake up and go, do you guys hear that? And I stop it. And they're like, what, what are you talking about? I, I heard the whistle. I heard, no, just go back to bed. I waited another 10, 15 minutes. Like this was a late night prank. Hit it again. Guys, guys, I hear it too. I had never seen some junior high boys. These were the older junior, like eighth graders. And then Dylan, who was real young. Like, I don't yeah. know, like if he was there early or if he was like, I don't know if it, he came because dad was there or if he was the right age. I can't remember. But we had it going. And I did this like three or four more times. And, um, and they, it was so funny because all of a sudden they all started singing jesus loves me uh, like all these songs uh, and everything and uh, i hear one kid go mom mom and i go uh oh this uh -oh. is not a good idea they're not supposed to have their cell phones so we walk into the cabin i turn the lights on and he's like on his phone with his mom and i hear his mom go it was just a dumb story don't call me and like hung up on him and at that point i had known like oh we went too far uh, I had one one eighth grader wet the bed because he was so scared. I had another kid who called his mother on the cell phone. And then poor Dylan, poor Dylan was so terrified that he went and slept with his dad that night in his bunk in he, our cabin. When we went in and turned the lights on, he is like down in his sleeping bag, sleeping bag pulled up over his head. And he's just like... Um, so I'd, I had to take him up to the calf. I had to go get him a little, uh, a little, you know, cookie and uh, something to kind of calm him down a little bit. He was well, good was... though. Hey, he was a champ after that, you know. Oh yeah. I did oh, not yeah. expect and... him to sleep in that cabin the rest of the week. Um, but <laughs> that was the night that I I stopped. I have never told a scary story uh, at camp since. Like it was, it was so bad. Um, that I just, I have never told. Now I will go in and I will tell semi fake, like college funny stories and things like that to the kids. Yeah. But I, uh, they asked, they're like, and to this day, like I still have kids, Josh, I don't know if you know this, but like, there's still kids that come up and say, Hey, can you, can you tell me the blood moon story? <laughs> like those kids are all graduated and there are still kids like new seventh and eighth graders coming. Can you tell me the blood moon story? Come on, tell us the blood moon story, please. 
Guys, I don't even know the Blood Moon story. Like, I made it up on the spot. Oh. Like, it was, just, it was so, so bad. And I remember our, our uh, preaching minister, Terry Kitson, who's like the old guy at camp, um, uh, like just the sage, wise man. Go, like, I remember telling the story and him just going, yeah, I, I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> like, I know you wouldn't have done it, but I did. Like I and I feel bad about it. Like yeah, it was it was bad. It was bad. Yeah. So I still I still ask him about that from time to time. Uh, D Dylan, not Terry. And uh, he's like he always says, "Oh yeah, I remember." <laughs> like <laughs> every detail. Yeah. Bryce. Bryce just said Bryce. I forgot Bryce was the counselor in that cabin. Oh, um, that's right. That's right. That's how we stashed the phone. Because I gave it to Bryce to stash in there. Oh my, Bryce, that was like you were like an you were green, weren't you? It was like your first or second year there. Yeah, that, that had to have been his first year there because Dylan was really young. I think Dylan was there early. I think Dylan was only there uh, because I was there. So I think yeah, he was think like so. an incoming, maybe an incoming sixth grader. <laughs> Poor but, kid. Uh, yeah, he, I asked him, he's like, oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> like, that was so bad. And he is, like, the we, uh, last person you will take to any kind. Like, he doesn't watch scary movies. He doesn't go to the oh, 13th yeah. Gate. He never went to Worlds of Fun with all the um, Oktoberfest and stuff. Yeah, he's like, yeah. no. If it's scary, I'm out. Yeah, um, it was bad. That was such a – I cannot believe – like, looking back now, I'm like, oh, Aaron, why did you think that was a good idea? But, I mean, the thing is, like you said – it was it was so cheesy mm -hmm. um, that it was obviously a fake story to mm -hmm. a mm -hmm. semi mature adult mind, right? But you know when yeah. you're when you're dealing with you know kids and you know kids who are in that space, you know sometimes it's hard to predict how things are going to go off. It's what I think is cheesy and corny. You're like that that's that just might be true. <laughs> well, and and to be fair, I think I got a little carry away with the story. I mean, I like to tell a good story, and these kids were like on their bunks, really into really? it, and I was like, "Oh, we're ramping it up." I mean, I had the flashlight with my hand over it, and oh yeah. I mean, I was. Let's be fair. Like, I wasn't. I didn't go light on them. Okay, so like a lock-in game that was like really stupid that I can't believe like the kids request to play. We have this game called the lighthouse um and it is so dumb so you have a guy who's standing at the pulpit with one of those giant big uh flashlights that nobody should own you know and he's just do it and he just does this in a dark auditorium like he just does that uh my wife had created this really cool like she just got on my macbook and used GarageBand and created this really cool techno beat you know like <laughs> And then, like, she recorded me saying, hey, ba! Like, <laughs> and whenever, and so the whole point was you get all of these Tootsie Rolls and you throw them all over the auditorium just randomly. And your goal as a team is to go into the auditorium, grab uh, as many Tootsie Rolls as you can, and then get them back to your base. Um, and the team with the most Tootsie Rolls wins. Uh, if you get hit by the light, at any point the light touches you you have to drop all your tootsie rolls and you go back if at any time you're in the auditorium and the phrase Arriba! or whatever it was like goes over the speakers you're dead and you have to go back um there's no like um uh there's no like death limit or anything like that like you just have to restart basically um and these kids like just ate it up like they played it for like four hours they just kept wanting to play, kept wanting to play. And that was the whole game. That was the entire game. Just grabbing Tootsie Rolls and getting them out without it, being the sound. Don't like, get hit by I the just, light. I cannot believe. And I give credit to my youth minister, Ben Cook, uh, who created the game. Um, I'll just say that I perfected it. Um, <laughs> since when he did it in our youth group, I, uh, we had a girl jump over a pew um, and hit the bookshelf and then have to get like four stitches in her forehead we didn't have that um, <laughs> um but i mean i just, like the dumbest game like you can't play that anywhere else and be like that was a great game oh but i do have a, i do have a really good game but i've been talking a lot 
Um, that's okay. <laughs> this is uh, like in in our uh, partnership. These spaces is where your creativity like shined, right? Um, because there was like I can take a game and adapt it pretty well, but, like coming up with some of these newfangled ideas. Um, not a not really in my wheelhouse, but I I will say so. Somebody asked me about, about a mentorship, right? Um, mm. And I said one of the the best parts about some of my mentorships has been the reciprocation of that. Um, you know, and I think about you know I've got uh, I've got you by a few years. Our experience level isn't that different, but life experience is. You know, the kids are older, your kids are coming up. You know, so in, in marriage and stuff, there's been this kind of a mentor, kind of a role, but it it's not one-sided. You know, it's not like I have so much wisdom to give you. There's this sharing of experiences and gifts that, that comes yeah. about. So I think about these moments. It's true. And we talk about that brain trust where we're in here. There are some ways that my mind and my brain really works. Um, and yeah. sometimes it's just being in a, in a room together. Like, it's, like, I just need to, like, be here and kind of feed off of some of your energy and um mm -hmm. you know but these games and things uh you know just so so much goes into them though uh, and oh the, yeah you know like you said the some of the things that we put the most time and energy into are, are some of the ones that actually end up being some of the worst ideas Right. Uh, in in function i mean the best ideas but they just didn't execute well uh but those that you kind of come with on come up with on the spot is like oh i can take some of this and some of this and i can put them together and we can make this work uh right it, it just uh it just works jonathan i'm gonna have to read this i can't go through all this later but uh the i've heard about this story at smiling acres up here um the uh crazy man in the woods there's always a crazy man in the woods at church camp i don't know right uh, what why uh, johnny zipper <laughs> johnny zipper um i think about other aspects of this though that bring us into you know because we're talking about sleep and sleep patterns mm. um and you know our, our sleep patterns change not only throughout our life, but also throughout the year when it comes to ministry. Because, uh, you know, when summer starts, summer starts and, and it's like, all right, so this is awesome because we've got all these fun things planned. Well, by the right. end of the summer, you're longing for structure. You're longing for stability. Right. You're longing for this time where kids have to go to bed early and nobody's calling me at 1030 at night going, hey, let's go do something. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, once school starts, you know, sleep is still often you know hard to come by um, and i think about i thought when i left the car business one of the reasons i left the car business is because of what stress was doing to me right um, there was stress there was pressure um on the 30th of the month you're the hero but tomorrow's the first and when we start on the first you go from hero to zero overnight and it's just mm -hmm. this constant state of starting over um and there's so much pressure and so much stress that it was really having a negative effect on my family, on my home, on, on my own health. And so I got into ministry and uh, guess what? The stress is still there. <laughs> How the, dare you follow me? It's just different, right? It's just different stress. Um, it's the stress of the things that our kids are going through. It's the stress of the things that families are going through. It's the, the stress of the phone calls you get of someone who's lost a loved one or whose, you know, children are going through difficulties or, um, you know, our students who are facing something at school or, or maybe something's happened at their school and, and they're wearing that. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, those things, you know, it moves from activities and fun stuff, keeping us up to just ministry. And, and what am I going to do about this? How am I going to cope with this? How am I going to help this person or that person or what's going to transpire in a week that's going to happen? Um, that really has a tendency to to mess with our, our sleep structure as well. So it's not well, just about that, the fun stuff. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, let me just insert real quick. Cause I love the train you're going on. And I don't think people sometimes understand like, um, so you hold office hours 
you know, uh, because at some point, like, you do need to sit down at a desk and get some list logistics done and, you know, turn in receipts, all that kind of stuff that you need to do. So you work office hours, but then, like, what happens when the office is closed? Well, our office closes at – actually, I don't really know. Uh, it's either 3.30 <laughs> or 4.30. That's, that's probably a bad – don't – can we edit that part out? Anyway, <laughs> our office closes at 3.30. Well, when does school get out for our kids? Well, 3.30. So I just worked like, you know, office hours all day, got there at nine, um, worked till three thirty in the office. But then, you know, oh the kids are out of school. So now's the time where I get to either go uh, hang out with kids or go enjoy um, you know, a basketball game or a baseball game or, or a volleyball, um, lacrosse. That would be cool if I could get some teens into lacrosse. That would be I'd like to be. anyway. Um and so it's just interesting how like your Monday can go from work. And I, and I understand that like parents do this, right? Like, Oh, well I do that, Aaron. Um, and I get that, but there's difference about like when you go and you're enjoying it and it's your kids and you're having that connection with other parents and stuff like that. And when a youth minister goes like, I get to enjoy it quite a bit. Right. But at the same time, um, you know, you're working, you know, you are you are striving to build relationships with a parents. You know, hey, I want you to know that your teen is important to me, and so mm -hmm. I'm here and I'm sitting close to you, uh, and connecting with you. And I want to know your friends because if they come to church with you, because you're supposed to be inviting them and talking to them and studying with them, hopefully, that they'll meet another friendly face and, and they'll see me there. Um, I want to make sure your teen knows that I'm here, supporting them and cheering them on, and uh, what they're doing. And so, you know, there's a difference. And so it's almost like. Uh, it's almost like this is really bad, but we just had to replace our AC unit here, and it got me thinking. Like I have this little AC unit up here in the tower, as my <laughs> wife calls it up here, and, and it usually runs like in the summer twenty four seven. And the, our AC guy goes, "Well, you know, when I'm changing an AC unit for somebody else, and the guys behind me is is running the entire time I'm there and never takes a break, I start to think." I should probably go give that person my call because they're going to have AC problems soon. Because if that thing's running 24 seven and never getting a break, you're going to have some problems. And I was like, did I just get like spiritual insight from, uh, <laughs> from an from AC, AC man, re <laughs> AC repair man. Yeah, I did. Um, because it's like when, and this is, this is what happens to me in the summer or even during the school year. Mainly this happens to me more in the school year because there's chaoticness to summer, but like usually like, hey, I'm going to hang out with kids in the morning or I'm going to hang out with kids at night. But during the school year, it's like I'm trying to work and get everything done and planned. And then in the night, I'm still hanging out with teens or and then, yeah. you know, or, and when do I go pick up my son? When do I get to see my wife? When do we get to sit down and have a family dinner sitting around a table um, and not in a car, you know, or something like that? Yeah, and that's that's what gets really hard as a youth minister. And I appreciate what. Jonathan said up here, you know, he said, well, you know, I'm a late night guy and my wife's an early morning guy. And that balance is really rough. And as a, as a minister, that balance is really rough on when do I get to turn the switch off? Mm -hmm. um, that well, That's difficult and that's hard. And when you talk about, you know, activities with your, you know, your youth group or your youth kids. Um, and I even think about, you know, the church, you know, as a whole, as a, as a preaching minister, you know, if you can spend time with that one kid, you can go to his one mm -hmm. activity. Um, but it, it doesn't matter if you have three kids or 13 kids or 30 kids in your youth group. You know, if you're spending time with one, um, you know, it's important to make sure that, you know, the others that are there also receive the same kind of um, yeah. uh, priority, you know, at some point. I, uh, I, always kind of chuckled at uh, Heather's grandmother. Um, she passed away um, a little while back, but you know, at Christmas time, thing to laugh about. Um, yes, it, thanks. At Christmas time, she would spend the exact same amount on every grandchild. Oh, man. So much so that let's say it was $20, you know, she would spend $20 on every grandchild. Oh yeah. So if what she spent, Gabot for Dustin was $17.27. He would receive the gift and then he would receive an envelope with the change. <laughs> uh, 
Um, That's awesome. Because in her mind, it was, you know, this great sense of equality. Nobody wants to be considered favorite. You know, even if the grandkids never went around and compared, what do you think Tasha Grandma spent on our Christmas gifts? In her mind, right? the equality in that was so, so important. And I think of that, you know, like I have some really, really, really good, good, good friends, you know, in the church. And, you know, my temptation is to want to spend so much time with them um, that it kind of occupies some things that I have to do with some other folks as well. When the truth is, because of our position, we have to be mindful that that everyone who we are called to serve deserves in moments that same kind of priority and attention. Sure. And that's where it really, I mean, if it was just one event, that would be one thing. But if you've got 10 or 15 kids in the youth group and you've been to this one young man's football game, well, now I've got 19 other kids going, hey, you've never been to my game. I gave you my schedule, too. And so now oh. I have to kind of find ways of showing them that that, that, that matters. That's and the catch, though, right? <laughs> I uh, I always find myself sometimes in a pickle where, uh, well, you never came to my game. Well, you never gave me your schedule. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so, hey, or, w- what is perfect is if you find one who's playing the other. You know, yes. you, you, hey, guess what? Hey, four of my kids are in this event, so oh. I'm choosing this one. <laughs> oh, bingo! <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Youth group bingo right there, man. Uh, that never like. happens. It never happens. Never. Never. No, they uh, all go to different high schools, and they all are in different, you know, 2A, 3A, you know, whatever. None of them ever play each other. We had for a while where Topeka High played Washburn Rural, and I could see some guys play football. I had some people who were team managers uh, and things like that. And so I was usually at those ones I could go. Uh, but the problem was, is I would tell them all that I was going, and then I would still have to like hunt them all down and try to find them. And, like, like that. So, Help um, me out, man! Come so on. usually, so like there was one time I was sitting on the Washburn Rural side, and I saw some of my girls from T High, and they were in the other stands on the other side, but I could recognize them. So instead, I got my phone out and I was like, "Whoop, click, and tag them on Instagram." Nice seeing you, girls. <laughs> like I was like, I'm walking all the way over there. Um. They thought that was pretty funny. Oh, this is cute, Aaron. Your son is saying hi to me. Oh, Sam, you're saying hi to Josh. He likes Josh. Well, he did a long time ago when he saw him. Probably doesn't know you now. It's Sorry. been a year, man. That's hard to believe. <clears throat> I know. He'll be two in October. Oh. Well, man, I'm tired. I need a nap after all this talk about losing sleep. <clears throat> let me let me share one, one more thing. One more thing. I'll just, allow just it. Just one more thing. Okay, thank you best best game after a giant flop so uh we um i don't even remember that this was a fall retreat all my best games come in fall retreat i cannot remember i can't remember the theme of the weekend which makes me really really like terrible youth minister but i thought it would be a great idea to share with the teens one of my favorite movies growing up um one guess very northwest movie one guess what do you think? 90s, early 80s, late 80s, early 90s. No clue. Free Willy. Oh, yeah. It is a Free very Willy. movie. Okay. That's right. So I thought my kids would eat this up. I've never seen teens more bored in my life. Um, <laughs> so to, to, make, to make up for it, I said, okay, guys, we're going to now play a game called Free Willy. And my wife was awesome, and she helped create this game. And so my wife and I, we got this six-foot inflatable whale, uh, orca whale, and we got glow sticks, those uh, those long ones, uh-huh. and we securely taped them around the entire body of the whale and broke them all and then inflated it. And the point of the game was to leave. You'd, you would have loved this, Josh. We played it at when it was absolute dark, and I turned off every light at Tallgrass that I could find to turn off. Every light, even the motion-censored ones. And your goal was to take this glow, the six-foot glow-in-the-dark whale, and you had to hide somewhere. And when I rang the bell, your goal was to free Willie. Uh, so you had to get him and make it back inside the lodge with nobody tagging you. This game lasted for hours. 
But the best part was at one point, <laughs> at one point there was a kid down in the softball field and I'm standing on the porch looking and all of a sudden I see this glow-in-the-dark whale figure go up in the air. This is all you can see. And then all of a sudden you see this. <laughs> like you can see the kid running and the, and the fins were flapping up and down. And all of a sudden I heard somebody go, there's Willie! <laughs> and all of the teens just like sprinted towards and then all of a sudden you saw Willie go into the tall grass um, and, and I didn't see what happened after that. But it was it was one of those games that was just like so dumb but it was so great because you had an inflatable whale and you had glow sticks um, and those are two things that will make any game better and fun. And nighttime, which honestly if you have a really bad game just play it at night yeah, outside. Right. If it flopped during the day, play it at night. Good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so hey, so you just we, you just solved the secret of uh, solve the secret of youth ministry, right? If you want to be a good youth minister, just play a game at night with a blow up whale and glow sticks. That's right. Easy. Easy I stuff. I teach school. I teach school. Oh, this is good stuff, man. I appreciate uh, appreciate your time today, and uh, I. I I enjoy it too. It's fun to talk about the the serious things uh, like time management and the expectations. Um, and it is amazing at how a little action of going to somebody's basketball game can entail make somebody else in your youth group frustrated or upset. Um, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, or parents, uh, and they might not ever tell you about it. Um, but it's also good to talk about talk about the funny things and the fun stuff too. Yep, that's right. Keeps us sane. Uh, yeah, something like that. Something like that. At least closer to that line of sanity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. I don't have anything else, man. Not for this. I think we've sufficiently beaten tiredness uh, to a pulp. Maybe I think not. so too. I think so too. It was a lot of fun. Hey, we wanna we wanna thank you all for being here today. And uh, as we as we remove the beards uh, of our minister, and w- and what we mean by that is as we take a deeper look at youth ministry and ministry and, and preaching ministry. And we reveal the humans behind the job. Um, Cause we need to remember that we're all human and that this world is messy um, and that it's not easy for anyone. So we want to remind you before we leave to look at Galatians six, nine, we want to remind you to not grow weary in doing good. Uh, you're going to have ups, you're going to have downs, but don't grow weary uh, in doing good. Doing good is such an important part of uh, spreading the love of Christ to everyone around us. So allow Christ to use you and do something different, uh, something good in his name. Um, I'm Aaron Partlow, uh, and this is Josh, and we will see you next week on Behind the Beards. We're all growing a beard. A man's face should never be bare. We just want some facial hair. We're anticipating, yeah, everyone's waiting for beer.